Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Welcome Stan, nobody wants to look at your wiener. Uh, corner, <laughs> corner Wrestling Radio, that was the most awkward intro ever. I would try it again, but I don't know what Brian would say. So, <laughs> Hope everybody had a great week. It has been, holy crap, nonstop for two weeks. We're talking news that nobody, including me, would have ever expected. And I'm not talking about the obvious news that, hey, Matt Cardona, congratulations for beating Nick Gage. No, that's not what I'm talking about. There's bigger news at, at hand than that. But we also beg the question this week. We beg the question, have we seen the last of the megastar? Now, we're going to define that. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, but before we do that, I'm Stan Grubb, the tag team partners that I have with me. Rob Hefner. What's up? I like the high energy. It's, it's almost like a macho man. And Brian Taylor. Yeah, I don't do high energy. Very much middle of the road. Hello. I, I, I mean, I'm beginning not to even like let them hear me talk. Really? <laughs> yeah. And the fans, I, I don't know. They're just, you know, to quote Nick and Matt Jackson, they're just marks. Damn. Did you just do a heel turn? We're not even a 60 seconds in. Yeah, I'm going the way of the Bucks. I'm going the way of the Bucks. They're all marks. Well, that would mean that you're a mark. If you're following. Nah. Mark. Nope. Nope. They're marks. You're a mark. They're a mark. <laughs> nope. They're marks. I'm not. Oh, that's how it works. Jeez. Because I'm one of the stars of the show. Right? I said one of them. Still hoping I can convert you to. But anybody listening to remarks. Okay. So so the obligatory 
We've called everybody Marks. Um, did we cuss yet next, in the first 30 seconds? Not yet. Bobbleheads is coming. It's not through. me. It's them. Uh, right, right. All right. I just want to make sure. I'm trying to get all of the cliche wrestling podcast stuff out of the way. Um, I don't wear a white hat. I'm that, not a nice not guy. Me, it's not them. Nice um, screw Vince McMahon. There we go. Got that they done. did it to themselves. Tony the, Khan's a genius. There we go. There's another one. The um, jabroni beaten. No, 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 that's a different one. That's a different one. Oh, that's a different one. <laughs> Those are different cliches, damn it. That one's copyrighted, Brian. Uh, so, so guys, you know, we got a lot of news and stuff to cover tonight. We definitely have a cool topic to talk about. But really, I, Brian, you mentioned it before we went on the air, and, and I think, I think really we should be talking about, as you called it, the large two-headed elephant in the room. I mean, news like this doesn't come along very often. Not since, and I don't think I'm overselling it here, not since the days of WCW versus WWF on Mondays has news like this been so major. Um, Now, we don't know the specifics yet. I'm sure that will come about, and I'm sure there'll be an I am Jericho. I am Jericho. Talk is Jericho, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> talk is Jericho episode with each guy with each guy to uh, contemplate and talk about why but Brian uh, the news broke last week Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com brought it to us saying two brand new signings for all elite wrestling it seems to be the, the hot story it's Daniel Bryan no 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 that's WWE guy Brian Danielson there we go much better and the one, the only, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, and it actually is legitimate, CM Punk. Both signing on to All Elite Wrestling. That It does not get any bigger than that. So I'm not, I'm not going to quite nail that one yet as far as it's official mm-hmm. until they show up. True. But True. I think there's enough... Uh, talk out there and nobody's denied anything that I've seen. So let's talk about it. We won't say it's official, but let's talk about it. It's going to be fun. It's it's hard to imagine. I mean, because we've seen Royal Rumble season every year. Kenny Omega, the Bucks, CM Punk, and now Brian Danielson. All are going to show up at the Rumble every year. It's a damn rumor. But now, yeah. I think it's really only a rumor for you. Only CM Punk. Only well, CM you, Punk. That's it. CM Punk return confirmed. I I, I mean one day you got to you got to one day you got to change them CM Punk bed sheets. No, see that's 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 how we keep the faith alive. If we change them, then it's never going to happen. Well, at least go straight edge, you drunkard. <laughs> whoa, whoa, let's let's not go crazy. Okay. Easy. But if One you're gonna go all in, you gotta get rid of your, if you're gonna go all in, you gotta get rid of your sunny quilt. Uh, I would, but they keep giving it back. No, that's your membership. <laughs> so Brian, let's start with you. you. Obviously, you said it's not official yet, but it's going to be fun to talk about. What were your initial thoughts when you saw this this headline? Headline. Uh, so I, I wasn't quite shocked, right, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Brian. 
because I think he's still got some tread on the tire. Uh, I think the way that the WWE, you know, at least out, outward appearances treated him and things you heard, um, I think it would be smart for him to jump ship, especially if he still wants to wrestle. Now you have this hot upshot company that, I mean, is really starting to make noise, and you have not just that, but you have the conglomerate, the of all these other companies involved, uh, to me, that's the place to be, right? Especially if I think I can still go two, three, four years. I mean, it's it's the place where I would say many talents, not just uh, the two we're talking about, but including Christian, Christian Cage, Mark Henry, Paul White. I mean, these are guys that are now finding a second life so to speak, in all elite wrestling. Um, Rob, CM Punk, and, and Brian Danielson, all elite wrestling. I mean, is this something that really shocked you when you saw it? Um, I'm kind of with Brian on the point of, like, I don't believe CM Punk. Like, I won't believe it until he actually shows up because you've heard so many things about him signing with these people or this person or doing this and having this and... I really won't believe it until we actually see him. And Brian Danielson, I still think he's a he's a victim of the dumbasses that that are in charge of the WWE personnel file right now. You know, like um, he's still got some time left, and he wants to do other things. But I also think he was one foot out the door when he signed his last deal, you know, with the whole concussion thing and all that. Like, I feel like he was one foot out, out the door already. And then he kind of just hung around because, Hey, you know what? Let's get one more paycheck or whatever. But then with this, it'll be interesting to see. Now, the problem I have is like, and that I caution, you know, granted I have no pull whatsoever in the wrestling world, but, I mean, I caution those people that are fans of AEW with and the people in AEW because with this picking up of so many WWE castoffs lately, you know, they're quickly going to find themselves in a position where they have so too much talent and not enough things to, for them to do, you know? And that's my only thing is like, Pick up the ones that are really going to help you and benefit you, but uh, make sure we can use them. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's, I mean, a, that's, go ahead. that's a valid point. That's a valid point. I think a lot of people, when they see this, this kind of news, they say to themselves, you know, Man, is it even possible? You know, uh, I, I can't say I blame anybody for saying, I won't believe it until I hear cult of personality hit because frankly, what possible reason would I have to believe otherwise? Uh, and I mean, you think about all the times we've been teased in the past with mm -hmm. all the different places, you know, I mean, they teased it back when all in first came out when they did it in Chicago, they were like, Oh yeah, he's coming. He's coming. And then he made a point to be like, no, I'm not, you know, like, um, 
But, you know, like with when it comes to him anyway, it's just I'll believe it when I see it. Daniel Bryan, I'm excited for him because I think going to AEW at this time in his career, he could finish it off on a, on a key note, you know. But then again, like, hopefully they do something, you know. Yeah, but the, the Daniel Bryan is interesting because if what I've read is true about the contract, he has the ability to wrestle in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So he is going to be one of these guys that is going to split time. Uh, you see what I'm saying? So he's not just going to be an AEW guy. You know, he, he could become one of these, um, you know, like back in the old day. Remember in the old days in the 80s? Right? So you would get somebody to go to one territory for, say, six months. And then he would go to another territory for six months. And then, you know, just bounce back and forth. Um, so that way so, we wouldn't tire from them. So what you're saying is with the connections with Impact, AEW, New Japan, AAA, we actually have what could be the development of, like, the NFL Europe system. Does that make sense? But like, I... Like, like, like somebody's under contract with AEW, but AEW ain't got nothing for him right now. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to loan you out to New Japan, let you go over there, and then when we're tired of this guy, we'll put him over, we'll put him in impact, and we'll bring you back. No, no to me, it's not, it's more like the, the way the NWA used to be, Right. So if you go back and look at the NWA throughout the course of time, up until this latest incarnation, the NWA was normally made up of territories, right? Mm-hmm. And at one time, even the WWF, right? Three W's. Well, even the WWF was under the NWA banner. Well, I mean, even the WWW, like the, the whatever, like, Vince, because I was listening to JR podcast on the way down the road the other day, and they were talking about Lex Luger, you know, when he came to the WWE, and his first match with WWE as the Lex Express with Yokozuna happened in USWA, because Vince didn't want it. If it was going to shit the bed, Vince didn't want it on his TV. So they put Lex versus Yokozuna on a house for USWA for the world title, you know? Uh, so just so you know, you're breaking up quite a bit for me. I don't know if you are for Stan, but. Yeah, so, broke up a little bit. I think we caught the, the gist of it. Basically, what you said was that Vince, had, this wouldn't be the first time that this type of situations come up where Vince was unhappy with you're saying Lex and wanted to make sure that it was going to be a hit. So he put him and Yokozuna on a house show or something for USWA. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when Lex made the turn to being the, the man, right. Mm -hmm. Vince, instead of giving them a shot on like wrestling superstars or something, he put them down in USWA 
with Jerry Lawler for the first time. That's the first time they ever met in the ring. And apparently it was so underwhelming that it contributed to Lex never winning the belt. Yeah, but to me, this is this is the old territory system, almost right. like 2.0. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. um, again, so you got the Good Brothers from Impact on AEW. They're also supposed to go to New Japan. Of course, Ken Omega's all over the place. Um, Deanna Peraza is going from Impact to the NWA. Um and I'm not quite sure how the contracts work out, like who pays them for their, you know, or whatever. Um, but, I, I mean, if I'm Daniel Bryan, this is where I want to go. If I want to show I'm the best in the world, right, or one of the best, this is where I want to go. I would agree with you. I mean, I feel like right now, in the way of wrestling, the place to be is not not in the WWE, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, if you want to truly show, if you want to go and show your craft and do your thing and grow, you want to be an AEW because right now you do have the ability to go to different places. Like Brian said, you know, WWE, it's kind of like if you want to cast a paycheck and don't care. Yeah. And, and see, that's why I, I think, as as this moves forward and the companies start to get more comfortable with the next guy, the next company, mm-hmm. you're going to start to see, I think, more and more of these talent swaps. All right. So, I mean, we just saw Jay White from New Japan come to Impact. They're flying Bullet Club colors, so you know he's probably not the only one. You know you're going to get others, right? Peraza's NWA, you know, again, Omega's all over the place. I imagine eventually if this thing really takes off and forms and blossoms, you're going to get one world champion for the whole group of them. And then a guy like Daniel Bryan can hop and stay relevant and fresh in each one. Because, again, you know, to Rob's point, you know, if you're in one spot forever – it's kind of hard to be creative sometimes, especially when you know the the only the main guy allowing what's creative um, probably hasn't had a, a true creative thought of his own. Uh, may, I'll be polite and say ten years, and I I mean I, that's that's me being really polite, <laughs> but let's just face it. I mean Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson has been. Uh, you some would say kneecapped multiple times by creative or the lack thereof, and now he gets a chance to go to not just one company, but to your point, Brian, multiple companies. And here's the thing: Danielson is that guy. So normally, when we see potential <laughs> WWE departures, we'll say, um, my first thought is, well, maybe they could go to AEW or Impact, but as long as they don't overtake. And just become like another TNA kind of was, where they get fired by WWE or they leave, they go to AEW and win the title. No. As long as that's not happening, I'm cool with it. Here's the thing, though. With Danielson, legitimately, his match with Kenny Omega should be five-star. And quite frankly, 
if he was to carry it to that next level, I think regardless of where you stand and where your fandom lies, I think everybody would be in approval of it. Well, I also think that, and not to get on the whole, not to go down the rabbit hole in the water slide of the machine, Mm -hmm. but I think there's a good number of wrestlers in the machine and, you know, that kind of have their cookie cutter matches, you know, with that old mindset of like, but, but you see it everywhere, you know, like we got to hit all these spots and do it this way every night, you know, like you see it in AEW too, like to a point, you know, you see some of the wrestlers, they got to hit certain mat moves all the time. Like, let's all go pile in this corner while we fly over the ring, Woo! you know? Um, but I think this is a chance for him to repackage himself because at a point he had gotten to be Daniel Bryan where, all right, Daniel Bryan's got to come out and do certain things, you know, a certain way. Because even when he was bad, he still wrestled the same, mm-hmm. you know, when it was a heel. Because, like, and I think this gives a chance to, like, just breathe some life into what the routine was and to see what can we do. Sure. Now, it, it, real quick, though. Because both of you brought this up, and mm-hmm. I, I think this is where, like, in today's modern wrestling picture, right, with everything that's going on, we have to stop referring to these people as cast-offs and throwaways, right? So if you think about it, right, up until, up until just recently, two years, you didn't really have a lot to go if you were a huge WWE star. Sure. Right? But now you have, there's five, six, seven different places to go. Mm-hmm. And most of these people, other than a few, like, massive firings that just literally make no sense, have let their contracts run out and have gone to do this. Or they've taken advantage of now having a second third, fourth, fifth place to go work. And and it's not just us, but it's all the fans, right? So what would we do if somebody leaves AEW or Impact and then goes to WWE? Do we we don't I mean we don't refer to them as cast offs or throwaways. Oh well, you know, so and so just they jump ship or they're in NXT. So I, I, I think like again as fans and you know, uh, reporters, whatever you want to call yourself. We have to change, too. And now we just have to remember that there are a pod, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, right? We have a responsibility to now change our thought process, the way we talk about things, and just enjoy the possibility of Daniel Bryan versus... Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Okada, Adam Page. Hey, maybe CM Punk is a real legit thing. Brian versus CM Punk. It, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Chris Bay, Josh Alexander. You, you see what I'm saying? Just sure. the list is now endless. Well, and that's where, that's where really, to your point, Brian, as fans as well, 
the ability to recognize that the playing field that used to be very uneven is now more level than it's ever been. And perhaps, perhaps if it is starting to get uneven, it's going in the opposite direction of where it was. Well, I would agree that it's going in the opposite direction, but I would also almost say that, you know, we talk about like you, like you talked about all these different places to go. And I would argue that the only reason that people in the art, in the wrestling world right now, the wrestlers that are coming from WWE or wherever that are considering impact or these other, like not, you know, new Japan, obviously new Japan is just new Japan. Mm-hmm. But I would say that for them to even consider going to impact and consider it to be a equal to landing spot is because of the legitimacy that AEW has given it in the last few months. Oh, yeah. I mean, that partnership has borne such such great fruit for impact and will continue to do it even if and I don't I don't see it stopping anytime soon. But even if uh, all AEW talent just stopped showing up on impact next week, for example the the benefits of partnering with AEW at that crucial time um, will still continue to pay dividends. I mean, you've got, to your point, you've got legitimacy now with Finjuice, Jay White, um, the Bullet Club brand now in Impact. Now they have a presence. And that's even if they decided, say, hey, let's just have Jay White now that since maybe he, maybe he loses to Kenny. Who knows? I, I don't even know what their plan is. Maybe he loses to Kenny. You could still say, let's have Jay White versus Moose. Or let's have, you know what I mean? You've got these right. doors that now open, and now it, the conversation is so much more broad. And, and to that point, I, I have to agree with Brian entirely because it wasn't but very long ago where we looked at the, 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 the arena, so to speak, and thought, wow, you've got, you got the machine and you've got the indies. And the indies, when it was said back then, it wasn't that the indies sucked, but it wasn't televised, and it was kind of out of the public eye. Right. Well, and you also traveled your ass off. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Like, like as a star, you traveled your ass. And I think what the producers and, they, and, and producers of all these different promotions have done is ingenious because we've said for years that the only way to compete with the machine – is to get the groups to band together and become one. Right. And they are. They're beca- they're banding together, becoming one. We get a few more that sign on, you know. And, hell, in a year, you could even, see, like, you could almost see that WWE coming to the table at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because it's best, it's what's best for business. But it's, I agree. Like, there's a lot more... Today, as a wrestler in the the machine, it's a whole better atmosphere because you know you're not stuck in the machine. You know you're no, you know that in order to make a living and to make money and to get notarized and, no, and and to be seen, you don't have to stay in Stanford, Connecticut. Right, right. You know, you don't have to. You can be in Stanford if you want. There's nothing wrong with the wrestlers that want to be there and stay there. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, but for the ones that want to be challenged or the ones that aren't happy, like, you know what, if you're not being used on a regular basis, I, I, I it's like an, any athlete, you know, your window of being effective and, and relevant is small. 
you know, and to spend that time sitting on the shelf, playing wrestling dark matches and being the background filler, mm-hmm. or you can actually hit some federations now and make some noise. You know, why would you do it? Well, and that's that's the challenge, right? That is where you end up finding yourself. Gosh, what what do I do, and why would I do it? Then you really look around, and you know, with with Danielson, it's here's a guy that controls his narrative, not to steal from EC3, but really he's in control. He gets to decide what he wants to do, and that's the smartest thing he could have ever done. I applaud him for it because if there's one thing we've learned from all of this, it's that you know you can't take for granted the people you have in your employee. And that's exactly what they did with him up North with CM Punk. However, this becomes a whole nother ball of wax because yeah, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I always have been, but at the same time, this is a guy that hasn't performed in the ring since 2014 and only recently started I suppose you could say bumping when he helped out Stephen Amell to get ready for heels. By the way, in a complete side note, Stephen Amell is scheduled to be at GalaxyCon uh, in in uh, Charlotte this week, or in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina this week. Oh, by the way, guess where they're at for Fight for the Fallen? They're in Charlotte. Hmm, I wonder. Anyway, back to CM Punk. Do you think... Do you think, Brian, that CM Punk's role in AEW would be that of kind of what, similar to what Christian Cage is doing? Or do you think he would be, well, I'll just put it out there. Do you think that some of these people that are looking at what if they did an NWO style invasion? Or do you think that that's completely played out and won't happen? Uh, so, all right. So, here, here to me, here's the thing, right? So, mm-hmm. we have this nice beautiful roster in AEW, right? Right. But a lot of the roster, a lot of the their main event players, right, lack a certain exposure, right? Due to COVID, right? No fault to their own, but due to COVID, right? <clears throat> but somebody has to teach them certain aspects of live pro wrestling in front of 15,000 people. Right. Okay. The more people like CM Punk that you have at your disposal, the better it's going to be. Right. Because they're going, so if there's one thing the WWE can get right, it's the pageantry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They're they're not clicking when it comes to matchmaking right now. They're not mm-hmm. clicking when it comes to storytelling, right? But you cannot deny the fact that they know how to produce TV. Mm-hmm. You cannot you cannot deny the fact that the wrestlers know how to you know do a move so that it's facing certain angles so that it may cover certain things. Right. But you need a guy like CM Punk to say, come in and say, hey, this is how I do it. So CM Punk can help a certain type of wrestler grow. Right. It's kind of like, uh, um, uh, who did I, was it Paul White? 
or Mark Henry? I think it was. I th- no, I think it was Paul White, or maybe it was Mark Henry. One of the two, right? I read an article where they were talking about. Uh, I think it's no, I think it's Paul White when he comes to the WWE, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody tells him, you know, you need to learn. And and again, by then he had been a world champion. He was the. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Youngest oh, world uh, champion. Yeah. I know what you got. Getting at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And somebody tells him, you need to learn to wrestle like a big man. Mm-hmm. That and but that's where a guy like CM Punk will come into play. You know, that's where Daniel Bryan comes into play. The Christian Cages, granted, you know, when you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Again, these guys have been out of the business for a while, and it, it may not make sense to the fans, but to the company, it makes sense because again, you remember, I was all about Will Hobbs the first day I saw him. Uh-huh. Right? I was all about Will Hobbs. I was like, this kid's got something special. Right? And it didn't take long. He's now in, you know, feuds on on Dynamite. Right? And, but Will Hobbs needs a guy like Mark Henry or Paul White to say, hey, wrestle like a big man. Mm-hmm. You know? CM Punk, who is now infamous for the pipe bomb, mm-hmm. right, is going to be good if he comes in, right, to show these young kids who have never spoken on the mic, hey, you need to use this certain emotion. Mm-hmm. You need to have an element of truth to what what you tell them. You need to make these people believe in you, and here's how you do it. Right. So, again, we have a 40 year old guy that hasn't wrestled in seven years. But in that aspect, he is the greatest one of the greatest things to happen to your roster. Well, and that's where that's where the the options or the uh, we, we talked about it at the beginning. Fantasy booking comes into play because there's so many different ways you can take that. You know, with CM Punk, you've got guys like Darby Allen. You've got guys mm-hmm. like Adam Page to an extent who are, they have a lot, man. They've got the charisma. They've got the fans. And very clearly, they are meant for bigger and better things, even now where they're huge stars. But if they had that next level of, you know, how do I intimidate on the microphone? Imagine Darby Allen cutting a, a, a seething promo because he's, he's over the top about how Ethan Page has gotten to him. If we could see him take it that next level, 
I agree. I think that's huge. And if who better than a guy like CM Punk to teach him that? Uh, totally agree with you there. Adam Page is that guy that that promo wise. I, I mean, he's not horrible. I'm definitely not insulting the guy, but he still could do better. And having a guy like CM Punk be that influence, I think, would be huge. Not to mention, if CM Punk is even 50% of what he was seven years ago, we stand to benefit in a great way from whatever happens in the ring. Sure. And again, and so, you know, I joke with you about CM Punk, right? Joke with you for a long time about CM Punk. Right. I like CM Punk. I think he's great in the ring. I think he's better talking am i am i excited to see him come back after this long yeah kind of sort of i I want some fantasy matches to play out hopefully but when i look at cm punk cm punk makes sense because cm punk is again going to give you something that you don't have on your roster right now that's something different Right, and CM Punk is such a name, such an icon in the industry because, again, Lord knows, seven years removed, we are still clamoring for CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And if call to personality hits, I'll be the first to tell you right here, right now, I'm probably going to have goosebumps. I'm probably going to, especially if I don't know what's coming, going to scream, whatever. But think about what what CM Punk does for a guy like Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. and how he can help Kenny grow. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, Kenny Omega is doing a lot of things right right now, but also there's some things that we have to keep in mind. And this is something that I realized when I just looked at it from the, the Brian Danielson perspective, and that's Kenny Omega is wrestling hurt right now. His body is beat up. Now, you wouldn't know it by the way he performs. And I don't know how to classify that as out, as anything but outstanding and almost superhuman. Because he, he goes through some serious stuff when he's in the ring. But imagine Omega having that next level where he doesn't necessarily need a Don Callis to speak for him. If you have a Kenny Omega that can cut a Dynamite promo as well as wrestle a five-star Okada match, I, I think that would be... A, one of the most complete wrestling packages you could ever get. And that's me not necessarily being a huge Kenny Omega fan, but that's just recognizing if you don't know how to read the room and the talent in the, in the roster, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, you know, I think right now, as I look at roster wise, comparatively, there's only a few guys on that same wrestling level um, as Omega. And that's, that's Okada, that's Adam Cole, that's, um, I would say, Danielson. And, you know, that's a real slim field. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to think of names that are on that same level, wrestling-wise. Um, but there's, there's, so much, there's so much more that can happen. I did see something that, that look, I'll be honest, I, I think it won't happen this way. But... There are there is a crap ton of which is why I mentioned it crap ton of posters and fan made art of you know Punk and Danielson being like the outsiders for their storyline. So while we know that seems a really to me it seems unlikely because I just don't see him doing it twice. Um, how would you book their return, Rob? How would you book the return of CM Punk 
to pro wrestling? Um, I guess I would book it to where you have a talent that's coming out and they talk and they would go for weeks about being on the outside and they don't fit in and they don't, you know, but it's not a real true. You know how you, you know they get you get the person that gets their feelings hurt. So like I'm on outside, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No one's ever felt like me in wrestling. And then, and a couple weeks after that, that's when you hit him his his stuff. You know, like person loses it all out or something like that, double or nothing, and they're in the ring going, you know, I knew. I was going to lose. I knew the company didn't support me. I know they're trying to do a pipe bomb. Mm-hmm. And then that you hit cult of personality. And the place goes nuts because they're like, and then he just comes out going, let me talk to you about something. You know, like, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, let me talk to you about not being appreciated. <laughs> I could see that. And that's kind of a, an almost almost kind of a Halloween Havoc 96-esque where he comes out kind of at the end of the show kind of thing. I could see that. Brian, It's you're going to book CM Punk's return. How do you do it? CM Punk? Yep. Uh, I mean, that's kind of tough. Um, I kind of, I kind of agree with Rob. Um, that he just appears one night, but that's kind of like their MO. Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know how I see it. The, the problem with him is I don't want him to go straight for a title. Right. Right. Because, you know, that's all the, the, the little haters talk about. I don't want to see him with Cody Rhodes. That's all everybody talks about. But I want it. I want him to go like right into a meaningful feud. Um, I almost maybe wouldn't have a problem with him and Brian going at it right from Jump Street. Oh, that's and interesting. I think I'd want Brian healed. Because I think even though you're going to get a huge reaction, right, out of both of them, mm-hmm. I think it's it would be easier to keep Daniel Bry- uh, Brian Danielson uh, heel than it would be CM Punk. Because you know, mm-hmm. honestly, I think I, I think if you put him in the ring and you had CM Punk be bad and Brian be good, I think you'd get the Hogan Rock moment where the crowd flips it. I can see that. And I, you know, again, it to me it's easier for Brian to go out there and be like, even to Rob's point, you know, not so much, uh, you know, where he's a Debbie Downer or such, but to just have him start rolling over talent, right? Just beating talent and talking about how he is so good that he's coming for every title and there's nobody that can beat him and yada, yada, yada. And, and then on one fateful night hit punk's music i think the place just goes ballistic roof comes off and because everybody you know again punk is so iconic we're talking about him seven years later or six you know whatever it is 
it would be so much easier well, to I think, have him face. Well, I think that goes back to like we talked about the allure and the draw, you know, like the fact that you said it right there. The fact that we're still sitting here seven years later going, oh, he could come back, mm-hmm. you know. How many wrestlers are sitting there and you're like, oh, seven years, oh, he can come back. And you're not, most of them, you're like, get the hell out, you know? You're done. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it even got to a point where we we had even said that in, in a matter of speaking to, about Punk simply because of the fact hey, hey. that, you know, coming up and and complaining, I'll never, ever, ever go back to the ring. And then he goes to UFC and, you know, doesn't do quite as well as he was probably hoping. Um, and now suddenly we see rumblings or hear rumblings, and then he does this this thing with WWE backstage, which never really turns into anything. But all the while, what we're really seeing is like groundwork for him to just dip his toe in the water and see, hey, is this still an interest? Is this still something I want to do? So then the question starts coming, of course, as soon as he gets back on WWE backstage, are you coming back? Are you coming back? And he says, no. But he also says, I'm not saying never because it has to be, you know, the same thing. Pretty much everybody that comes back after retirement is got to be good creative, got to have cash and got to have something that, you know, gives me some degree of control. And, and that's pay me, sense. pin me. Right, right. With it where Danielson booking his return. Well, not return, but his his debut. I think they're already setting the groundwork. I think as much as we've been saying that. You know, Adam Page is going to be the guy that beats Kenny Omega. I think we're going to actually get that moment where Omega beats Adam Page. And he says, I've beaten them all. You've got no one left to throw at me. And that's where Brian Danielson debuts. That's how I think they lay that out. Well, you see, I don't even think I don't I don't even think you're going to get a Page versus Omega match. Uh, the stipulations for the six man mm-hmm. isn't if they lose, he doesn't get the shot. Yeah, so it's a ten man elimination match that's coming up tomorrow night, and it's the Dark Order and Adam Page against the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and uh, Gallows and Anderson, and it's elimination style. So if Page and the and the Dark Order win, they get a title shot for Page and a title shot for the Dark Order for the tag titles. But if they right. lose, nobody gets a shot. Right. And again, I so I, I still think it's too early for Paige mm-hmm. because to to me, Paige is Paige is one of these guys that if you keep down this path, mm-hmm. right, by the time you get to where you need to go with it, he will become AEW's biggest star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, it will be no doubt he will be the heir apparent. Right? right? So he's the, you know, he looks like the heir apparent now. However, I don't think he's where they want him to be. Right? Hold on. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. Sorry. Had a sneeze. Wow. So I think they, I think, I think they lose. And then he's going to be kind of pushed off to the side. He's going to maintain that number one contendership for like the next four or five months. And then you're going to get into a program with page and Omega. And they're going to take it to a new, new, new level. 
for as far as AEW. And the reason I say that is because now Kenny is so invested with all these other uh, federations, right? I think it's it's going to do a disservice to the, what they're doing is if he loses one of these titles, especially the AEW one, since that's his home turf. Mm-hmm. All right. So I can see because I think he wrestles uh, Andrade coming up for the triple A. I could see that one going. Mm-hmm. I don't really see the impact or TNA going anytime soon. And I don't see the AEW going anytime soon. Because I think, again, I think they are, they have laid this groundwork out for a while. And they're, you know, unlike I think other companies where they may pull the trigger too early. They do a good job of telling the story. Mm-hmm. They do a good job of not pulling the trigger early, letting things play out. I just don't think it's the time for Paige to beat Omega. Again, I could be wrong. Who knows? But I think it's a disservice to both of them if you if you do it too early. I think that with especially when it comes to Omega right now, it's a good problem to have of, well, how long do we keep him champ? Not how soon do we get the belt off of him, but how long? You know what I mean? It's a different type of dynamic for him. Because you're right, as he continues to grow and go to different companies, as long as he can keep himself healthy, which is the key, then he becomes an even bigger commodity. Which is why I was was pointing out his, his health challenges that are starting to get documented over the period of time, which... Hey, let's be real. It makes perfect sense that this guy's beat up. Um, you know, he's gone through, I wouldn't say he's gone through hell, but he's gone through multiple types of matches in very short periods of time versus how he was performing at, a, at still a very high level in Japan, but it was still some months in between when he would have his next one. So it's a much more consistent performance. It's a much more demanding performance that he has to put on and i i think that depending upon the 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 opponent that you put him with is how you dictate the pace of that i i think you're right i think page winning the title if he wins it now we all know that's going to be a huge moment but if he doesn't do it now and they hold off for another uh six months for example then it's just going to be all the bigger because it makes that anticipation even bigger Plus, you still have room to expand upon your relationships, and I, I think that's really the key. Yeah. Plus, he'll he'll have fought for that title on two occasions, and it will have come up short, mm-hmm. right? So again, it, it 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 quietly builds this underdog story, you know, for this guy. And you know, again, what what they do with it, you know, only they know, but. I personally think it's just a little too early to pull that trigger. I think that there's there's room for it, but I think also if if you do it in a way where you keep Omega and Paige away from each other, let them let them lose in this this elimination match, but make it because somebody distracts the ref and then the elite hits him over the head with a chair or something, and then right. they get a pin. That way, Omega doesn't lose anything. Page doesn't lose anything, and every time we get to that point where we think it's going to happen, something gets ha- something gets done and pulls them away from each other. Because we still haven't seen 
Omega and Jericho, we still haven't seen, um, you know, a lot of a lot of different potential matchups with Omega. I mean, imagine Kenny Omega and, and Eddie Edwards, or Kenny Omega and James Storm. Just, I mean, that's just an example, but there's still that that dynamic that I think could, at least for another few months, could still be explored. Well, oh, yeah. Also, but... you got the thing. The thing you got to be careful with is making AEW to all these other people a one-trick pony. Does that make sense? Like you, like you said, Eddie Edwards versus Kenny Omega, or um, James Storm versus Kenny Omega, and I think the importance is to start showing the depths of the AEW roster. You know, mm-hmm. um, against the impact roster, but I agree with Brian. Like, I mean, you got to finish one story before you can move on to the other. And they're with this whole belt collector story. So it doesn't make sense for them to then let him lose a belt, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it booking them into a corner or a difficult position by putting so many titles on Kenny? You think? No. And because they're all different companies. Right. Right. Again, so so uh, we have to look at the whole picture here, right? So you have you have all these companies working together, and all of them are trying to piggyback off of the next guy, right? Mm-hmm. There's no doubt, right? I, I don't think there's any question that Kenny Omega has been the hottest free agent for the past few years, right? I don't think he. there's any doubt that he's been the hottest wrestler for the past few years, right, until he signs with AEW, right? Because, again, we made the point earlier, every Rumble, oh, is this Kenny Omega? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We know there were plenty of contracts thrown at him from the, from the WWE, and we know he turned them down, and that's part of the allure. Pound for pound, Kenny is probably the best in the world, right? That uh, to me, that's not a question, right? He may not win every match, but when push t- comes to shove and he's got to put on that five star match, there's nobody that can put it on like Kenny. In my, you know, again, my opinion. Mm-hmm. So why not? As long as Kenny is healthy and Kenny is up able to why not let everybody have a sample of Kenny mm-hmm. right because all that does is that is good for business so again so remember Wednesday a few uh, what a few months ago you had AEW and NXT right NXT leaves the arenas are filling back up the last two weeks AEW's tipped a million right mm-hmm Part of that is because NXT is gone. Part of it is people are tuning in to see the spectacle, right? But the tip of the spear is Kenny Omega. I'm sure the ratings are translating or starting to translate across the board. And it's, again, Kenny goes is in the AEW. Kenny's carrying fans to Impact. I watch Impact now. Why do I watch Impact? Kenny Omega. I'm sure I'm not the only one. 
through Kenny, I find the joy of impact, right? If I could afford New Japan World, I'd be watching New Japan World, mm-hmm. you know? If I could, you know, maybe if I find the, a AAA pay-per-view on next time, especially I'd love to see Andrade versus Kenny Omega. If I can find it, guess what I may purchase? <laughs> Just for that that match. Mm-hmm. But it translates into another viewer who now sees their product, sees all they have to offer, all because Kenny. There are very few talents in the world that can do that. And that's where I don't think you're you're painting Kenny into a corner. You're not painting a company into a corner by doing this. Because at the end of the day, it is growing their business. Mm-hmm. Well, in business growth, when you're when you're doing what these guys have done over the course of time, you have so much ground to cover, so much room. And as they continue to grow and do such, such really good things, I think we would all agree that there's kind of a new dynamic being laid out when you really consider how a star gets made. And it, it hasn't always been that way. No. I mean, when you look at right now, which leads us to our our, our, our suggested topic. <laughs> when you look at top top level stars, top names in the industry today, outside of a, a chosen a chosen few, you've got very few that you could consider. I would say a mega star, which is main event that transcends the business of which they work, and now they're a household name. Case in point. The suggestion is that guys like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and John Cena, that's a dying breed. We may never, ever see that again. Or are we just seeing the the definition of megastar get rewritten? Who Who do you want to throw to first? So let's let's start with this, uh, Rob. Is is the day of the megastar completely done, or is the definition of it being rewritten? I like the phrase "it's being rewritten," but like, I think as you say, the megastar that can transcend demographics and platforms and stuff. Do I feel that that one is dead? Yes. Do I feel like the term megastar is dead? No. I just feel like we have to, it's going to be rewritten. Because it's like, I mean, case in point, what Brian was just talking about, Kenny Omega, you know, do I see Kenny Omega transition? No. But I do see him being relevant in many different wrestling facets for years to come. So Rob, Rob Does kind of broke up there, but yeah, I think I think we got you. Rob's basically identifying that it's, it's most likely being rewritten as we see Kenny Omega kind of ascend to that certain level, but maybe that level that we're looking at of what we used to consider is just completely different. Brian, is it is it Mega Stars are done, or are we seeing how it's made be completely done a different way? So, first off, let me say I'm so glad that Rob took the yes. Okay. That way I can say I don't think they're over. Okay. Honestly. Now, I'm not saying 
No, I'm saying that Kenny Omega is the megastar, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the Darby Allens, the Jungle Boys, the Okadas, the Jay Whites, mm-hmm. Michael Bay's. I mean, Chris Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay. That's the director. Chris Bay. Transformers. Oh wait, different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Page. Autobots. Yeah. Roll out. Uh, you know. I, I think Brian so we're at we're at this new stage where we, for the first time in a long time, have enough in the wings that literally Orange Cassidy, you know, I forgot one, Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. that literally have the ability to take this the the current. Uh, picture landscape and push it to a spot that we hadn't seen since the mid nineties. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's take, let's just take new Japan, right? So let's take Okada, Jay white, Osprey, any number of them, right? Once they become, once their product gets over here to the States, mm-hmm. to a national level, not New Japan Pro World, right, which is a limited niche audience. Once you see it on TV, a guy like Okada is going to become huge, right? Because you're going to go look at Okada. You're going to say, wow, what is what's his body of work? And you're going to find the matches against all those guys that he's wrestled. And you're going to start finding your five-star matches, your five-and-a-half, your sixes, whatever, whatever, you know, rank they are, right? A guy like Darby Allen is only going to get better. He's already got a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. And he's going to push it. He's going to take it to new heights. Right. See, the other thing that's hampering AEW right now is they don't have that that uh, um, merchandise machine like the WWE has. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think their merchandise is. Ooh, I want to be careful. I think their merchandise is a huge challenge for them right now. Right. I mean, they have. Pro Wrestling Tees helping them out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're, you know, getting some from other places. But if if Jungle Boy were to break out on his own, right, and get to a level, say, Stone Cold, there's no way they could compete with a million T-shirts a month, which was the number that was quoted by the WWE when Austin was at his popularity height. Right. A million T-shirts a month, right? The action figures, I think, are in not only demand, but the pro- the production numbers are low. You know, the WWE is magnificent at merchandise. Mm-hmm. And that helps create stars. It helps push stars. You know, just like Austin. You know, if you're not a wrestling fan... Some guy walks up, remember, the Smoke and Skull t-shirt, right? 
That was one of the coolest ones there was. You were a wrestling fan as a kid. You saw the smoke. Oh, what's that about? What's Austin 316? Mm-hmm. Austin 316 is Steve Austin. He's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You might turn it on. All right. AEW. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's what AEW is lacking. Mm-hmm. Once the once the merchandise starts catching up to the Darby Allens, the Jungle Boys, the Adam Pages, you know, once New Japan gets in, you're going to start seeing these guys rise to levels you haven't seen. And I think you're going to see so many. It's going to remind you of the 90s mm-hmm. where you had a poop ton of like just so over the top uh personalities and wrestlers that it takes the entire industry to a new height. I think that one of the things that I, I considered when, when Diego suggested this to us was I, I started looking at how many stars we've seen come close. How many people have we seen just get just, just edging on it, right? Because Cena, I look at him as the last of that, that type right now and i happen to agree with you brian i think that and rob i agree with both of you in a, in a lot of ways i think the way that the megastar is defined is being rewritten and i do think that we've not seen the last of them but what we've become what many fans have become predisposed to is that wwe defines what a megastar is but now the terminology the way a megastar is made is a whole different playing field. To your point, Kenny Omega is, I mean, he is at, he's close. He's on that cusp, right? He may not be there right this moment, but we're talking about things that can be done that could truly push him over that scale. Case in point, if he was to start, and I think this could happen, cameoing on television shows. If he was to get parts in, uh, you know, cult following type movies, you know what I mean. Like if he had a if he had a, a bit part in John Wick, for example, doesn't mean it has to happen that way, but that's a possibility, right? These are the kinds of things that push these guys up. CM Punk, actually, to to that point, if we're gonna pull from earlier, CM Punk had an opportunity to be in partnership with Under Armour. Imagine had CM Punk started having Under Armour-sponsored gear, how big of a name would CM Punk have been even more? It's not to say it's a guarantee, but the bottom line here is when you start getting to a certain position where, look at Cena, where he does Honda commercials, for example. I mean, that's, that's, a, whole, that's a whole other level. Hulk Hogan used to do right guard commercials, for crying out loud. Like, this is where what we look at and now with guys like, and I actually like that you mentioned Darby Allen in this because I feel like Darby Allen is that kind of guy that if, and Orange Cassidy, that if you do it right, you can literally put him in so many different types of settings. It's not just the wrestling world that he would be top of the top of the tier. I mean, you could put him in music. He's already got a role in music. He's already, you know, he could probably be, if you really look at it, he could be closer than anybody else right now because of his relationships that he has with pop culture. He's got a friendship with Tony Hawk. 
he's done a lot of different skating videos with him. He's friends with a lot of different bands, and they're not afraid to put him over in regards to, you know, them being related with him as far as friends. Orange Cassidy's the same way. I mean, when they licensed out uh, that song by the Pixies. Now, granted, I didn't know that was Orange Cassidy's theme previously, but now that you hear it, you hear that song play, you hear that first guitar riff, you know Orange Cassidy's coming. So we're getting to that point. Like during the '90s, to your point, Brian, they they every every star had their own music, their own video, their own T-shirts, wrestling action figures. They were in video games. They were, and things started to branch out. And I think that. And before I go too much further, let's point out a few of our comments we got on the Facebook page. Michael Pronka, hey, good to see Mike on there. Says Roman Reigns is getting there. Uh, yes and no. By the definition of, of how it was done, I agree. Because he's done those things, right? He's in movies, he's on TV, and he is starting. But this is machine-melded stardom versus... Is Roman the star, or is it the machine putting their brand out there, and Roman just happens to represent the brand? I think that's the question. Right. Well, well, I'm, we're going, Rob. No, 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 go Mine go about, mine's not about Roman Reigns. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. So this is this is one of my favorite topics. Right. We all know I I just love talking about Roman Reigns. Uh, so and the, the and the machine, right? So we're just this is <laughs> right where I need to be right now, right? So. The WWE has come out, and the, I mean, they're quoted, mm -hmm. right, as saying that they will never allow anybody to achieve those heights, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's true. If you're if you're a WWE fan, over the last few years, there are several, several superstars that at the as they're getting ready to reach that next level mm -hmm. it's like the WWE comes out of nowhere with a wooden bat and cracks them in the head to, to like literally stop this alright don't believe me let's look <clears throat> at Bray Wyatt right Good example so yeah he starts out in his husky hairs right I'm pretty sure that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Husky. In, uh, okay. So, no, you need to go to NXT and get repackaged. Right? Mm -hmm. In NXT, he he changes his character up. He becomes the the, the lays the foundation for Bray Wyatt and the and the, the family. Right? Mm -hmm. And if you go back and listen to these promos. These promos are pure gold. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love his NXT promos as Bray. Comes to the main roster, right? Now, again, it doesn't, it's not like there's a week or two that you have to learn who this guy is. Walking in the door, the main universe knows exactly who he is. Okay, they know who he is. The first night we're here, lights go out, the fireflies light up. It was truly amazing 
because they had something. He connected with this audience in NXT, and it transcended to the main roster. Mm-hmm. And now look at him. He's burned alive. He's wearing another mask. You haven't seen him since WrestleMania where he pretty much got dumped on in some stupid match. Mm-hmm. That was built and, for his match. Yes, and one of his, one of the biggest stars they had there who was made organically without any interference. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You destroy him. You intentionally destroy him. And he hasn't been Rand- seen since. Right. Randy Orton is another one. I'm not particularly fond of Randy Orton, but I'm going to give Randy Orton his due. Randy Orton, early in his career, was on a straight path to megastardom. He had the looks. He had the lineage. He had the ability. Randy Orton can cut a promo. He's got everything you need for a megastar. Mm -hmm. Right? When he was the legend killer going around dropping Mick Foley on his head, anybody, anybody else... Right, as a heel, he's still going. He's running right for megastardom. What do you do? Cut his legs, chop his legs out for a moment. Right, because this Randy Orton is not the Randy Orton we had six years ago. It's not the Randy Orton we had when he was in Evolution. It's a completely different Randy Orton. Roman Reigns is not going to be any different. They're going to let him achieve a certain height, and then he's going to fall, and he's going to fall hard because they're clamoring for Brock Lesnar, right? Well, if Brock shows up, what do you think happens to Roman Reigns? If you thought Roman Reigns couldn't be beat, let's talk Brock Lesnar. I mean, the, the, the makings for Brock to get that title if he comes back and hold it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost a guarantee. Roman Reigns isn't a good guy. He's a bad guy. The fans still haven't changed from pre-COVID where they booed him because they had no faith in him. Mm-hmm. Well, now when they boo him, it just look oh, they're booing him because he's a bad guy. Hmm. Right? What I tell you, you change them to bad guy, the boos look like bad guys. You know, bad guy boos. The difference is we're still booing him. <laughs> right. We're still booing him. We don't, nobody likes him that much more. Mm-hmm. Now the boos just make sense. Right. <laughs> like Rob said, they make sense. But he is, Roman Reigns is headed for a crash and burn. Mm-hmm. He's been embarrassed on TV multiple times that people aren't going to forget. You know that something should play out with the Usos. By himself, he's not going to sustain any power. You don't see Roman Reigns shirts. (laughs) He's not going to be a megastar. Well, and that's what shows me that the the sadness that is reality right now is the fact that we that there are some wrestling fans out there begging for Brock Lesnar. If you talk about in my mind, somebody who has less charisma than in the ring than, you know, a snail. You know, he's 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 
he's from the mold of Hulk Hogan where same five moves, you know, kick, you know, that whatever flex that he does, then uh, the F5, done, you know. Um, but I, I see Brian's point to a point. Um, I think Roman Reigns is there. I don't think Roman Reigns will cross over. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that hurt, um, what's his name? Randy Orton was all the problem because he he could have been the he could have had the Miz thing he could have been the face of all the Marine movies. Mm-hmm. That's where he was destined to be. But then he had the, the you know the Marines were like no because <laughs> um, of his his past. Mm-hmm. They were like nope not on my not on my watch, kid. Um, I think that hurt him. But you know. I kind of agree with it. I mean, Brian was right when you look at it. I mean, Roman is going to get to a point, but if you look at what Roman Reigns is doing and how they're building him, it's no different than anything else they've always done. Now he just doesn't come out clamoring for (laughs) the fans to like him. Right. He's not trying to beg them to love him. It's now trying to piss them off. Right. He's just coming out and probably being very close to who he really is. I mean, sorry. Um, but. <laughs> wow. Um, but you look at it like. I think I said this last time, but, you know, they built they built Roman Reigns up and I kind of feel like. It's kind of what like WCW did with Goldberg. You know, hmm. Goldberg wasn't worthy of a, of a streak. Because he didn't have the talent, you know what I mean? And But then they got to the point where they were like, shit, we're stuck. You know? Like, all right, how'd we get here? Um, I think Roman, like, okay, you've had him beat Drew McIntyre how many times? Mm-hmm. You've had him beat um, Daniel Bryan. You've had him beat Kevin Owens how many times? Like, mm-hmm. But it's the typical bad guy where the Usos come out, they do the thing. He gets his butt whipped, and then at the end, he comes around to win. That storyline only goes, even in the best storylines, even in the day of Ric Flair and the NWA, you know, Ric Flair lost every now and then. He lost at least uh, 16 times. Right. You know so what like, I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, Flair was willing to put over anybody that he was told to put over or right. asked to put over. And it made sense for him mm-hmm. to be the dirtiest player in the game. Right. You know, because it made sense for him to cheat to get his belt back because he's the champ. Mm-hmm. You know, and it also further played on the I'm better than you to the tag team. You know, it would play more with the Uzos. I'm better than you. Look, I am the champ. Mm-hmm. even though they help him get there. But when he never loses the belt, what the fuck's the point? You know, like, right. Well, let's, let's take a look at some other, other potentials that could have gotten just a little further, but somebody obviously pulls the plug. Um, oh, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, like, with John Cena. To me, John Cena's not there yet. Really? What? Wow. <laughs> I think, Holy I think crap. John Cena... John Cena is close okay, with his commercials, but I don't feel like he has yet made a movie. You know, he hasn't made that blockbuster success to cement him up there with The Rock or I mean, at, towards The Rock's level. Like, if you think of the movies he's made, mm-hmm. okay, his involvement in the Fast and Furious franchise, it was already a guaranteed franchise when he got in it. You know, um, you can't yeah, you can't say his movie Playing with Fire was <laughs> a critical acclaim, you know? Yeah, but you have to remember, we're just, we're talking, is he a megastar? Is he the last megastar? And to me, there's no question Cena is your last WWE megastar until they change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The merchandise sales. <coughs> Excuse me. The oh, fact I mean, when you that go merchandise he, and that kind of thing, yeah, you're right. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I I'll mean, go back you, to being muted. Sorry, I'll shut up. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't really compare Cena to The Rock. Cena, I mean, The Rock is like the number one paid action star for the last few years. But Cena's making your movies. He's transcended to, I mean, he's about to get HBO Max show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it just look at, again, just like uh, Steve Austin. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard the numbers on Cena, but Cena could have a different color shirt with a different logo every week. And when you pan the crowd, everybody's wearing them. Yeah. With the hat and the wristband. Very true. Especially the kids. Yeah, the thing about Cena is Cena just gets, because again, you know, as wrestling fans, we all developed shorter attention spans because that's what we were trained to do with when it was just the WWE. Right? Because the feuds got shorter. There were more pay-per-views, so you'd have a feud for two weeks and it'd be a pay-per-view match. Whereas in the past, it, it would might go on six, seven months. Mm-hmm. But with Cena, Cena eventually just gets stale. And then it becomes fun to make fun of Cena. Right, right. It becomes part of the game, part of the deal, part of the game. Right. Well, you won't turn him bad, so we're just going to boo him because that's what we want to do because right. we want to have fun with Cena. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think everybody here and everybody listening, there's no dispute in the fact that if Cena picks up the mic, you kind of sit a little bit forward in your chair because you want to hear what he's about to say. Well, and we've he, all seen it with, yeah. I mean, the horrible bloodbath that we saw of Roman Reigns and Cena in the ring. Mm-hmm. That's when WWE learned um, reason 642 not to give the belt, not to put Roman as the man. But anyway, sorry, Stan, go ahead. <laughs> didn't mean to, didn't mean to freak Brian out there for a second. Well, I, <laughs> let's identify a couple of things. I mean, obviously Roman Reigns is the current example, right? But this doesn't just this doesn't start and stop with him. 
look at Edge. Edge is a guy that he's done movies, he's done TV, mm-hmm. but he's not quite there <clears throat> yet. Um, and that could have easily been changed by a number of things. Some would say if he didn't have to retire when he did at first. Okay, I might agree with that. The other po- folks might say that had WWE and others gotten behind him, and I think that's a major part. Um, but also, I, I would think- almost go ahead. I would almost say that if he'd have continued wrestling, he would have never made the transition into movies like he did. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's a good point. But look at let's look at it, let's look at it a little further down the road. We're talking right now just main ele- main event level people. So let's talk about somebody we talked about at the top of the hour or top of the show, Brian Danielson, who had a bigger storyline and bigger payoff than Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. In recent memory, I can't think of a bigger story payoff than the one he had at WrestleMania 30. And supposedly it was organic. It wasn't created by the machine. Right. It developed on this its is- own. This came out of, and, and honestly, it's crazy that we talked about Punk and, and Danielson at the, t- at the top of the show because it really does relate. This comes out of CM Punk quitting the night after the Royal Rumble, 2014, saying, you guys have no idea what to do with me. You're screwing me on WrestleMania. I'm out of here. He leaves, and now you've got a huge gap in WrestleMania because the plan was Punk and Triple H which I still think would have sucked balls, but whatever. You put Daniel Bryan in a position where he's still the underdog. The fans are gravitating to him in a very, very organic way. And suddenly, you've got no choice. Because now the fans won't let you turn around. They won't let you put someone else in there. They tried. They had Batista win the 2014 Battle Royal, Royal Rumble. That was supposed to be the big, big return of Batista. But it turns out that Batista's return was a waste. And Daniel Bryan's fame overwhelms it. They forced him into a situation, forced WWE into a situation, fans do, to change the story, to change the narrative, and to give us one of the best payoffs we've seen in this era. And I'm saying this era before AEW becomes a thing. Because I think we're getting ready to come into a whole nother uh, age of wrestling. When you look at it, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think when you look at it, we're at a time where Daniel Bryan is the best example of what could have been. And now Bryan Danielson could ultimately flip the script and show us just how much the ball got dropped on him. Even if he only works in AEW half a year and works everywhere else for the rest of the time, we now get to bear witness from a wrestling perspective to one of the greatest to ever do it. And then I think, personally, it's only a matter of time before he crosses over into a more mainstream role doing other things. What you got for me, Rob? No. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I was just talking. I was just going to say about the. I think the wrestling payoff is ex- like you said. It's the exact result of the Royal Rumble that year. Mm-hmm. Because remember that Royal Rumble was the one where all like he's going to win, he's going to win, and then he got thrown out by either Batista or Roman Reigns, and the whole place went nuts. 
Was that the year, or is that the next time? No, I think that's a little further along. Okay, again, I'll go mute it, sorry. Because <laughs> yeah, I think you're talking about the year that Roman won, and this, they just booed. They just, like, <laughs> that. The scary yeah. thing is, he's right, it is 2015's Royal Rumble, where Roman, supposedly, Roman is at the top of his popularity. We all know that the moment Roman yes. steps out for surgery for his hernia, and does remember the promo at Survivor Series where he cuts a promo and it just completely shits the bed, and everyone, everyone's like, "Wow, that's not the guy." But they say we've hitched our wagon. They force it. They drag <laughs> Ted Horse all the way through the end of the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia when the crowd is screaming, clamoring, begging for Daniel Bryan or even Bray Wyatt to win the Royal Rumble that year. And what did we get out of it? We got Royal Rumble won by Roman Reigns, his first one, and The Rock and they had to, drunkenly yeah, trying they had to, to save him. <laughs> and, and It was I, bad enough. Yeah, here, yeah. we're going to send your drunk cousin out there to save your ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, so here, I'll, I'll, I, as far as the megastar in the WWE, mm-hmm. I... I think I'll I'll just leave it at this, right? So they have had many opportunities to create stars in NXT. And if NXT was on Monday night and was as big as Raw was, we wouldn't be having this discussion. You would have a boatload of megastars, right? And I know you don't want to hear, but Enzo and Cass would be one, right? Because you got to admit, when they first broke onto the main roster, they were so over it wasn't crazy. Literally nothing they could do could make people boo them. Right. I mean, the entire crowd in unison Mm -hmm. would give the same spiel that Enzo was given. Every time. Not just just occasionally, every week. Every every week, right. You know what it reminded me of? How they used to do for the New Age Outlaws. Yes, and the, the New Age Outlaws may not have been what you what you would call megastars, but they were clearly superstars. Mm-hmm. They were majorly over. But it's it's again this to my point with the WWE, mm-hmm. they are not going to allow people to become megastars. They have one right now who could very possibly become the biggest star they've had in a very long time in carrying cross. And what do you do to him? You Huge. bring him up from NXT mm-hmm. where he is so over with Scarlett, right? They are incredibly over and you bring him up and what do you do to him? The first match. I'm so glad you brought up carrying crosses. I, that is something I wanted to make sure we brought up, and this is a perfect transition to it. So let's talk about carrying cross. So you bring up Scarlet. That's piece number one. You bring up how over he was in NXT. Let's go ahead and quantify that and identify his entrance as awesome, as different. The smoke, the music, the the um the the ambiance of it 
the lighting, all of it. Then let's expand even further and talk about how dominant he was against some of the top-level talents like Finn Balor, uh-huh. Keith Lee, Adam Cole. We're not talking about just brand-new guys. We're talking about known talents. So you bring him up to Monday Night Raw. Again, I'm still confused as to why they brought him up in the first place, especially after his debut. Because what happens here is you put him up in the ring, and we'll talk about his opponent in a second, but the first thing you do is you eliminate his entrance. I've said it many times before, and, and I'll continue to say it. I do not and never will agree with just stripping down a performer that has been built up just because now you're on the quote-unquote main roster. You've already gone on, on record multiple times saying that NXT is basically a third brand. It's just as big as SmackDown and Raw. And then you kick him in the balls before he even gets to the ring because you took away his entrance. This and Scarlett it, wasn't there either, was she? No, no, and that, that was going to be my next point. So you've already kicked him in the balls once because you took away his entrance. Then, Scarlett Boudreaux, who was a huge part of his entrance and his presence in the ring and defining his character, she's not there. We still don't know why. There's still no news on that. We just know she's not there. Why? What possible reason would you have for that? Because, frankly, that does nothing for your product. And here we are in a time where, as Triple H says, we're trying anything to acquire new fans. Well, let me tell you what, before you even get this man in the ring, you've already kicked one of the top-level talents you have on NXT, which you say is your third brand, right square in the nuts twice before that bell even rings. So, let you know, okay, we talked about megastars. Well, here's one of the things that just never gets done right, and I don't understand it. You get this guy who you've built up, you've, you've established his credibility, you've established him Get gotten away from Killer Cross, which is what he was before he was signed. You've built your character that you wanted to build, and then you say, F it. You give him the finger, and you say, you get nothing, kid. Now go out there and lose to Jeff Hardy. Wait, what? In, in what, two and a half minutes or something? If that. If that. It was a yeah. quick match. Jeff Hardy has to put his feet on the ropes to beat him. So now, not only does Karrion Cross come off looking weak in his debut, he also comes off looking stupid. Nick, Karrion Cross is supposed to be a bad guy. Karrion Cross is supposed to be so dominant that he would never fall for something that silly. Because frankly, he was throwing Keith Lee around like it was nobody's business on NXT. Let's fast forward. We get to this past week on Monday Night Raw, where it seems. They're going to, quote-unquote, give the fans what they want because they give us carrying cross against, well, none other than Keith Lee. Hmm, why would they do this? Well, I'll tell you why. It's not because they wanted us to have a good match because even though these two actually did have a good match, they sure weren't given a whole lot of time. And it's certainly not because they wanted to make right for Keith Lee, who lost last week, or carrying cross, who lost last week. Let's not forget Keith Lee... Again, made character, solid entrance music, great presence in the ring. But Vince felt he wasn't ready. So he sends him back to NXT to train. Not to wrestle on TV, to train. Holds him off TV for months. Same thing they did to Malachi Black. But then we get Karrion Cross who wins against Keith Lee. 
basically an F you to the fans because he still doesn't have an entrance. He still doesn't have his manager. His character now has zero credibility because guess what we got? 50-50 booking at its finest. And I used to hate that phrase. But it's the perfect example of it because he lost last week. He wins this week. And where are we at at the end of the day? Nowhere. You've done nothing for him. And you've literally told your fans just by simply doing this that you could care less. And, and I'm baffled by it. Absolutely baffled. So, I'm not trying to really compare these two, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, Cross reminds me of a guy in WCW that had this streak, Mm -hmm. right? And unlike this guy, Karrion Cross, to me, is the real deal, right? He don't need no gimmicks. He don't need five moves. He can destroy you. And if you wanted to build a megastar, if you wanted to build somebody that could dethrone Roman Reigns somewhere down the line, it was this guy. And unfortunately, there's a legend that said that was the right move. That was not the right move. That was the absolute wrong thing for you to do to that man. One, he's a champion, a current champion. Mm-hmm. And two, he is the absolute future of your business. He should become your number one heel across whatever brand he wants. Mm-hmm. And in one night, his first night on the main roster, just like you said, you kicked him in the nuts. And you've just derailed that. Because no matter what he does from this point forward, nobody's going to get into it because he lost to Jeff Hardy. He's, you he's have taken have... that mystique. Yeah. He, he's going to end up spending another year building himself back up. Yeah, but the, the fact is he's always going to have a loss to Jeff Hardy. And I'm sure this was going to play out. He loses to Jeff Hardy once, probably loses to Jeff Hardy twice, and then the third time he beats the piss out of Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's when they bring Scarlet back. Right. To set right. the ship right or something. However, the fact is he lost to Jeff Hardy, not once but twice. He should have never lost to Jeff Hardy. And just like Goldberg, he should have, and Oscar, he should have gone for a couple of years before anybody took that, you know, beat him. Yeah, that's a, and, and that's a, that's a great example of, of people that were really forced out of a position when they shouldn't have been. Oscar is a great example of that. And I still, and even though, even though Charlotte is getting better, I can do without seeing her on TV, at least for now. How dare you? That's the queen. Yeah, no, no, thank you. She still doesn't know how to work on Monday nights, though, apparently. She doesn't, and not only that, but she still can't seem to cut a promo without trying to put herself over in the, in the most selfish way possible. And That's, that's just, what she's supposed to do. In, in a sense, she's yes. Queen. She's, she's also queen. supposed to. She's also supposed to remember the fact that as a bad guy, she's got to actually take a couple of hits. She's got to actually take a couple of comments that get thrown her way instead of, you know, refusing to give the mic up. She's got to remember that. You know, you got to give. It's it's a give, game of give and take. It's not just take. But she's a queen. She, she lost her belt. 
Yes. Yeah, that is true. Nobody <laughs> saw that one coming. I was it was certainly surprised not only that she won and the she belt. She lost it to Nikki Cross. Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> that that Charlotte lost it, but also that Nikki Cross is the one that comes out as the champion. And oh by the way, even though Twitter was all about it, uh Nikki got some pretty solid responses from the crowd Monday night. No, she probably isn't the most over person in the world, but there's support there. There's people that are trying. Um, what they do next is still crucial for what well, I don't think it's character. well I don't think the I don't think it's Nikki that won the belt that everybody was like Ugh. I think right. it's the this iteration of Nikki that won the belt mm-hmm. you know when she if she was the character she had before but then also the stories I'm reading is this was her idea right. Like, right this whole character is her her gimmick that they're letting her run with. So, out of all the gimmicks that wrestlers wanted to come up with and they got to run with, this is the one they let. So, okay. Well, here you go. Now, for all those ones that are in catering going, God, Vince never wants me to do anything. There you go, buddy. Here's your next one. Become the next <laughs> Hurricane. Dolph Ziggler, you can be the Hurricane, too. <laughs> Bobby well, Roode, I, it's your turn. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in all actuality, though, this is the perfect character, right? So the the arenas are opening back up, right? What what's going to start showing back up? The kids, mm-hmm. right? right? Very true. And she is just absolutely perfect for those kids to get behind mm-hmm. because she's a superhero. And it's not a, a detriment superhero. to have her as champion. I think she definitely deserves this opportunity. She deserves a chance to be where she's at right now. That's not what you're saying. What's that? You can't do this 50-50 booking. Ah! <laughs> I can flip flop all I want. <laughs> I'm a wrestling fan, damn it. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm going to say... No. I, I, I find it interesting, though, when we, we see comments like this. Because if, if you recall, it was right there in our, in our corner-to-corner chat. One of the detractors of Nikki Cross said they couldn't believe that she was saddled with such a horrible creative idea. And it was a comment that said, no, this was, this was Nikki's idea. (laughs) And now it's like, Oh, what do you say to that? You can't, you can't say anything. Somebody had the courage to go to Vince and pitch it. And he says, I love it. It just happened to be kind of a kooky idea that (laughs) I certainly didn't expect the next superhero to be born. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, maybe maybe after it's pitched, he sees something or he sees something in the pitch. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's just kind of like it's one of those pleasant things that just come out of like left field. Right. So right, right. who expected her to win money in the bank and then who expected her to cash it in mm-hmm. that quickly and actually beat Charlotte? Right. Right. Um, so I, and I think that's probably what's got most people. Because, I mean, the character hasn't even been around, but for what, maybe a month, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe le- maybe a little less, give or take a week. So. See what they do with it, no doubt. Yeah. Here, you know? Like, well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, ultimately, it, it's going to be her and Alexa somewhere down the line. And. 
Oh, and you yeah. imagine the mind games Alexis can play with Nikki as this character? That's after like uh, she good... gets done with the Lily Lucian. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now that is funny. <laughs> the Lily Lucian. <laughs> the Lily Lucian. <laughs> but I wonder if I wonder if they're giving Charlotte the belt and then taking it away it was like, there, we smacked you on your hand for your boyfriend going to the other people. <laughs> uh, when, well, when did the picture of her in AEW come out? Wait, what? Because you, so you didn't see that? No. Tell me about it. Uh, so there's a picture, okay, out in the Twitterverse of Charlotte being backstage, getting out or into a car at a at an AEW event. I think it was about two weeks ago. So it was somewhere around the time that she lost the title. Did you see the picture of her and Andrade where he's wearing an AEW hat and she's got a WWE or Monday Night Raw yeah. hat on? I did yeah, see that. Yeah. yeah. So this picture, but see, the picture is on a fan's, because um, the fan was backstage. It was a younger girl. She was backstage and she was taking a picture with everybody. Right? And instead of you know, maybe not posting that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she oh, posted the picture of her was and, and Charlotte back, you know, backstage at an AEW event. So, and Charlotte's like, "God damn it! Why would I have to smile on this kid?" You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you look at uh, Zelina Vega; she's in the same boat. You know, her husband getting ready to have a great matchup with Cody, and uh, we. <laughs> She's again, she's on Twitter and Facebook posting pictures of, you know, and tweeting out how she can't believe how proud she is. And I, I, I know that in this day and age, everything happens on social media. So it's probably getting to the point where they're like, well, as long as they're not saying WWE sucks, I guess we can't do anything. You know what I mean? As long as it's not violating their contract. Well, the only thing they got going for them is the fact that Vince doesn't know what Twitter is. That's that's true. Vince is like, yeah. not on this MySpace. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's got friend. enough uh, enough people probably watching it. You know, I, I'm sure that's probably. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think he's probably got a whole hidden room of stooges that are just back there scouring. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's like with anybody, like, you know. In a place like that, you know, it's like any office building where you have chance for advancement and it's kind of like a doggy dog world. Everybody's trying to get to Vince. Everybody's trying to have something on somebody so they can get themselves over somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, so if that girl didn't post it, I'll be damned if somebody else wouldn't have gotten that picture and been like, you know. Maybe one of the female wrestlers that hadn't had her due yet, you know, just happened to send it a creative like, hey, look what our champ's doing, you know. Um, so. Not very team players, you know what I mean? That's what, that's what I'm saying is like. I could see any wrestler on there trying to get over sending that picture to creative or having something to say about it. I feel like right now is that time where, you know. Uh, more than 20 years ago we would have seen 
them be like, you know what, screw you, you're fired, and then boom, a person like Charlotte Flair shows up on the competition's TV. So the reason that we see these people getting away with a lot of this now is that, hey, we don't want to see Charlotte Flair show up with the Raw title and dump it in the trash can. We don't want to see, you know, uh, enter your champion here, just, you know, quit because he's upset with the current state of affairs and then show up and bury us in a 15-minute shoot promo at the beginning of their show. You know, it's – there is such a an odd but interesting dynamic in play right now because we're on the cusp of it. It's coming because there's things that are about to happen that – we don't even know about yet. I mean, we don't, we're talking about two guys that, that have been off TV one for more than almost seven years. Another for just, just was in a main event. This, this last WrestleMania that could literally, I don't want to say change the game. That's a bit much, but could certainly drop a bomb if they wanted to. We'll put it that way. Well, I mean, I also think this day and time, when you look at wrestlers and the fact that social media is out there and the world is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't the WWE just do it on NXT not long, a couple years ago when they showed Britt Baker? Yeah, yeah. On their on TakeOver, you know, they're like, oh, look. And so... Adam Cole's girlfriend, who also right. happens to be a... Oops, don't show her. Exactly. So, I mean, it happens. And so, you can't know somebody in the production truck's like, hey, 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 hey. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, but I think for for Britt, the good thing about that was is she was still developing. Mm-hmm. Right? She, she wasn't the huge star or not huge, but she wasn't the star she is today, mm-hmm. you know? So they're kind of like, ah, she just doesn't know no better. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just forgive that. But then, well, an AEW doesn't care. Yeah. To a point, right. you know, and especially at that point, they didn't care. Like, go ahead and show our wrestlers on TV. That just gives us credit. Well, it, it does, but that's just it. Like if, if, if Ricky Starks just happens to buy a front row seat to Monday Night Raw and sits in the hard cam, guess what? You don't have a choice. He's on TV. And that only serves to help everybody else around you, and now suddenly you're stuck. It could easily happen that way. That's the crazy part of where we're at right now. And Tony Khan would be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Of course I gave him the approval. What am I going to stop him from buying a ticket? I could see it happening. It's... Granted, this is all what we call fantasy booking. You know, this is us shooting in the wind here. But at the same time, it's really not that far-fetched. So, here's a question for you guys as we get ready to close out. Right now, we're at an exciting time, but a questionable time because you never know what's going to happen next. This week... Jericho and Nick Gage at Fight for the Fallen. We've got John Cena coming back to SmackDown, supposedly confronting First off, we'll we'll talk about what we started the show with. How messed up will Jericho be at the hands of Nick Gage? Rob, you're first. None. None. Okay. I mean, I think 
I don't know. I'm just a Jericho fan, so I'm just. I think Jericho's going to make it like Jericho does, you know. Mm-hmm. He's going to do what he does, and it's going to be it's going to be a great match regardless. But we shall see. Brian, same question. Oh, uh, so I think one of the joys about AEW mm-hmm. is AEW doesn't shy away from blood. And I think this is probably going to push uh, the network <laughs> to the edge. <laughs> full, full transparency, TNT has been completely open creatively with AEW and everything they wanted to do, including barbed wire, glass, dynamite. No, seriously, they, they really did want to let them show the exploding match. On AEW Dynamite. But this is a little different. This is a guy that stabs David Arquette in the neck and thinks he's going to kill him. This is a guy that that many people say murder, death, kill when he comes to the ring. This isn't a guy that they say, gosh, he's going to suplex him. It's really going to hurt. No, they they talk about light tubes and staple guns and pizza cutters. Pizza to the cutters. Yeah, th- yeah, this is a whole other ball of wax. Brian, I think we might have some parents pull their kids and say, uh, I don't know, AEW, it's a bit much for us. Mm, I don't think so. I think this could quite possibly become one of the highest segments they've had in a while. You think they do this main event? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would probably do a main event because I'm sure your mat's going to be trashed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is this going to be a huge segment for them, especially if they get it right. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be there's got to be blood. There just has to be. There has to be a lot of blood. It's. I think this is going to be one of those matches where people will people will look at this years from now and say, this was a huge, huge risk AEW took. And the question is, how does it pay off? You know, I, I, Some people are predicting that regardless of what happens in this match, MJF is going to get it the worst from Nick Gage, which honestly I think that could happen. I think we're going to get to that point where he's like, you're not done, keep stabbing him. And Gage turns around and stabs him. I, I think it's gonna get it's gonna get bloody. I think it's gonna get vicious and I think that main event is probably where this ends out. Um John Cena in his in his denial last week on SmackDown, Roman Reigns says, No, you don't get the match. I'm not watching you, I'm not accepting you, you have to acknowledge me. Um so Finn Balor comes to the ring during SmackDown, challenges Roman and there's a rumor instead of it SummerSlam, which is what Finn Balor was actually challenging for. Uh, they're going to do the title match this Friday, and which means Finn Balor, who's only been back a week, two weeks, getting ready to lose to Roman Reigns on Friday. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> just just that's right up there with bringing Karrion Cross in to lose to Jeff Hardy, if you ask me. I mean, it just goes with anything that involves Roman Reigns booking. Like, mm-hmm. 
But what they have him in is stupid. It started out as cool as like, all right, he's the head of the table. Oh, you know. Now it's just who are you going to bring to bring? Who are you going to bring in to beat him? Roman Reigns. You know, you're going to bring the good Roman Reigns back, and we have a CGI match. <laughs> oh God. And since you've put it in the atmosphere, coming up next at WrestleMania, good Roman versus the head of the table. Uh, the problem is Roman's going to lose somewhere along the way. Finally, a Roman will lose. Um, <laughs> Roman, why didn't you put Roman over? Uh, he just didn't acknowledge me. Oh, I understand. See, you imagine if you did that, and then the Usos come out and they start beating up the wrong Roman. This is going all kinds of levels of insanity. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> right now, fans what are going, expect? the hell? <laughs> you let me on the show tonight. This is what happens. That's fair. That's a fair statement. Get what you paid for. I got you. I understand. Yep. Return to sender. When you ask for one of your co-hosts on your radio show to be from, you know, when you ask for a co-host, Amazon is what you when you get Brian. Wish is when you get me. <laughs> Brian, there you have it. You're the Amazon Prime and Rob is with. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh hey, in uh gaming news, WWE Supercard partnering with Twitch. If you go to WWE.2K.com, there is an article there about Supercard partnering with King Kitten, uh, Twitch user, who, if you watch his live streams, it was today was the first test of it. They're going to be doing uh, more of these. Apparently, it was extremely successful. His stream that he did first thing today was 54,000 viewers. So I have a feeling this probably paid off pretty well for Cat Daddy. But basically put, if you watch the stream, you can get Super Coins and, and other in-game perks like uh different special cards um if you watch it for 90 minutes you can get up to 500 super coins and 50 regular coins it's pretty easy to turn on a twitch stream and just kind of walk away i think that's a that's easy money brian (laughs) yeah had i been home uh that's what i would have done i would have just turned it on and gone about my business it's um I mean, the way it looks like it works is, and I have the, the stream on right now. It's a replay, so I don't think I can take advantage of the, the perks. But the way it looks like is you watch his stream while he's live, and then you basically have these these keywords you can do, like uh, exclamation mark claim drops, for example. You type that in the Twitch stream, and supposedly that's supposed to trigger the – reward for watching the stream for a pertinent amount of time um 15 minutes you get a drop 25 minutes and then 90 minutes so yeah it's kind of neat i i I dig the idea it's different because i don't know that i've seen any other game try this before this seems like it's a completely brand new concept uh well twitch has partnered with um uh, i think it's through amazon prime Mm mm-hmm but you can get Twitch, I think, through Amazon Prime, and you can get rewards. They've done rewards that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I recall ever seeing where you can get them by watching, you know, the stream live or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I mean, it's it's an interesting concept. I'm not sure if I would want to watch uh, 90 minutes of somebody else playing SuperCard because we had this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would be rather boring. Um, I mean, one thing if you know the drop rates were better and you were actually pulling cards pretty good but yeah i mean but again i i have no problem figuring out like come back every 15 minutes and type whatever um but i wouldn't be watching it the whole time yeah i mean we've been playing uh wwe supercard since it came out um and it's been i mean we all enjoy it we love playing it but now as we continue to roll through we we're we're just seeing in my opinion, it just becomes more and more difficult to obtain the next tier. Now, thankfully, we're finally at a level where I think by the release of, of the next tier, we're always at least just one level behind it, so we're not too far. But it's it's a challenge, and to see them try to, to spice it up a little bit, I'm okay with that. I'd love to see um, AEW do this with a card game of their own because I've played the Elite GM Brian, I think I asked you last week, and Rob, I know you talked about it. You know, you guys, have you managed to really dig into it? Is it is it good? Is it bad? What do you think? I mean, it's okay. Okay. I mean, my problem is, like, you can't have, like, so far I haven't figured out how you can keep a roster and then build on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they have the little mini games and stuff like that. So unless I'm just missing something totally, but yeah. Brian, what are your initial thoughts on it? Well, I mean, you know, I I haven't really touched it (laughs) since the day I got it. Mm -hmm. And again, to me, it's, uh, you know, I don't. I have. I haven't figured out how to unlock the whole roster. I haven't, you know, figured out a lot of the smaller things uh, that you need to do to be able to, you know, generate the money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I probably will give it another few months, and I'll go online and find one of these little t- tutorial videos and try it again. But I mean, as of this time. I'm not really impressed, and I'll wait for the console game. (laughs) Which, uh, before we go, Kenny Omega did put an update out today saying that they're still making progress, but really no real report of any dates or anything like that yet. Imagine with a development like that for a next-gen console game, which is what they're planning. Um, It's got to be difficult. It's... I, I know he wants to, they want to give us as much information as they can, but at the same time, I mean, to truly live up to the expectation that they've set for themselves, they've really put themselves in a position where any information they share is never going to be good enough. So they're probably better off just not saying anything for a while. It's just a tough time. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, right now I'm, I'm still kind of just waiting to see what uh, 2K does. Right. Or whoever's doing the next one. Um. I guess it's still on track for this year. Um, I'm waiting to see what the collector's edition is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll go from there. I mean, hopefully they've improved it from the the pile of hot steaming garbage that it was. (laughs) 
Ah, nobody likes to glitch through the ring. Better than me. <laughs> hey, thanks again for listening, everybody. We've seen a nice increase in our downloads, so clearly you're checking us out. Feel free to share it with your friends, c2cradioshow.com. You can catch up with us over on Facebook at Corner to Corner Wrestling at our group page. We're growing there, too. And, uh, hey, catch us on tw- on Twitter at C2C Radio Show as well. You can follow Rob at, R- at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter. We're R-D-H-E-W-P on Instagram. Brian's at Vlad Dragul, C2C. He finally started following new people. I saw this just the other day. And, of course, you can follow me at Stan Grubb everywhere. No, they're following me. Ooh, he's getting followers. Maybe he'll tweet. I'm getting followers. I just got a follower today. I just got one. I don't like know who this guy is, but he's followed me, and I'm like, oh, cool. So, anyway, so you should also mention that we are on, uh, 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 what's the podcast for Apple? Um, iTunes? Yeah, iTunes. We are on iTunes. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so you need to get on there and you need to be smashing, you know, any likes and sharing. It helps us in the long run, uh, bring you content every week. That's right. And Hey, you can catch up with us every week, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, usually Monday nights, eight 30 past couple weeks been on Tuesdays. We'll be back on track next Monday. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. And you're all a bunch of marks. <laughs> Got it right in right before the music. <laughs> I mean, if the young bucks can call everybody marks, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.